Alright everybody, welcome to BO Boys for Tuesday, June 22nd. Fuck it, it's a raw feed. We're doing it live. I'm Clayton. Yeah, I'm Pat. And Pat, you you may sound a little different uh, this episode. Well, I'll sound the same. My voice hasn't changed, my, my brain hasn't changed, my tongue hasn't changed, but I am recording from an undisclosed vacation location. So I'm I'm in a I'm in a screened in porch right now, so there may be crickets, there may be wind, there may be waves crashing. Vacation sounds like that. Vacation sounds like crickets. You can say it's Havana. I'm in I'm deep into Havana. I've got a white suit on and I'm ready to talk some box office. Well, we got so much to talk about, Pat, that we can't even really talk about your vacation because we need to do a plow. Yeah, we need to do a plow. Box office did not go on vacation this weekend. No. So well, it we- sort of did. It sort of did. Yes, that's very good point. Very good point. But yeah. we'll get to that. We'll get to the yeah. Uh, let's do some plowing. Let's start with our new number one film, The Hitman's Wife's Bodyguard, which made eleven point three million dollars weekend. That's the three day. Now it came mm-hmm. out on a Wednesday, so it has a total running total of sixteen point seven. Number two, A Quiet Place Part 2 made $9 million, down 24%. It is now at $124.9 million in its fourth weekend. Number three, Peter Rabbit 2 The Runaway made $6 million, down 40%. It is now at $20.3 million in its second weekend. Number four, The Conjuring, The Devil Made Me Do It, $5 million, down 52%. It actually added theaters, 43 Mm -hmm. theaters, is now at $53.4 million in its third weekend. And number five, Cruella, $4.8 million, down only 28%. It is now at 64 dollars Point four million dollars in its fourth weekend. Now, Pat, that's our top five. Yeah, but there there was a movie that that is conspicuous by its absence in the top five, and that's because it's at number six. Clayton, what came in at number six this weekend? Dropping all the way from number two, In the Heights made four point two million dollars. Down a whopping 63%. Jesus. Jesus. It is now standing at $19.6 million in its second weekend. Pat, this movie is officially dead. Yeah. The Heights yeah. has hit a new low. Yeah. I mean, we, we you see that a lot. You know, the headlines in the lows and the depths. I mean, I, I'll throw this in there. In the shitters. I mean, mm-hmm. in the heights is in the shitters at this point, and it it pains us to say it because we were we were thinking this was going to be a big part of movies coming back. I saw it; I like this movie, but it has officially been 
fully rejected by moviegoers. Fully rejected. And 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 here's the thing. Let's let's uh, we we are here. The Bo Boys are here to set set the record straight to make sure that the historical record mm-hmm. is correct on why films bombed. Mm-hmm. This has nothing to do with the fact that it was a day and date HBO Max film. Because when you look at your number four movie this weekend, The Conjuring, The Devil Made Me Do It, yep. a movie available for free on the same service. People same are service. still out seeing that. Yeah. Cruella, another film. Now it's premiere access. I get it, it's 30 bucks, but it's still available at home. You got right. a bunch of rug rats, you got a bunch of rats running around, you got the neighborhood rats coming over for cheese. And you're going to spend 30 bucks for, I don't know, 15 to 25 kids. Right, right. You're packing them in there. You're going to pack them in. Yeah. And so that's not too much money per head. So I don't want to hear the fact that this not being exclusive to theaters had anything to do with this movie failing. It is a movie people didn't want to see. Yeah. Yeah, I mean, you just, we talked about it at the end of last week. We said that the second weekend for In the Heights would be crucial, and the big number to look at was going to be the hold, was going to be the drop. And we we were saying this needed to, to have something like a 30 or 40% drop, and then it would have a chance, and it dropped 63%. So the people rejected it. The stacks rejected it. The Earth Dogs rejected it. The Plain Billies rejected it. And, I mean, to some extent, did the coastal elites reject this? I mean, I know it was biggest in places like New York, but it wasn't like, you know, it wasn't like the Godfather lines around the block in 1972. That wasn't the case here. And, and it, I don't want to wade into any controversies here because that's not no, what this, no controversies. This, this podcast is about, but... This movie has two kind of stenches on it. It has okay. the stench of failure at the box office. Yes. And then it has the the stench of too much Twitter talk. Yes. And I think people who had a thought, there's a, th- a thought to see this film, someone like myself, and I said last episode, after it bombed out so badly, I felt there was no need for me to see it. Because there's other films that I would see because I, I'm not backing a box office loser. There's no reason for me to waste my time doing that. Right. 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 And I think there's also a, an element of people being like, this this movie is just, it's kind of controversial online at the moment. So why am I going to see this and have to wade into this conversation at all? I could just say I didn't see it. Right, right. That That is something you open yourself up to when you go to see a movie that has all this online controversies, then you have to have an opinion on the controversy itself. Yeah. And, you and know, f- it's one thing to do that when it's a giant hit movie and everyone's talking about it and, and, and you feel like, you know what, I'm going to wait in. I'm, I'm going to jump in this pool. But... Do you really want to have to do that for a movie that the only people who will have seen it at this point are the people who are arguing about the controversy? Absolutely, yeah. 
I will go see a a a controversial successful film, mm-hmm. but I will not go see a controversial unsuccessful film because that is a lose lose. Well, I think the draw, or what we thought was the draw in the heights going into the first weekend, was that this was going to be a party, this was going to be a celebration, this was going to be a big, fun, feel-good experience. That's basically what Warner Brothers was selling because they didn't have a movie star. This isn't a recognizable IP in a major way. So they were selling you big, fun, colorful experience. And instead, the narrative of this movie quickly became the stench of a bad opening weekend and controversy. Mm -hmm. So... All of the the fun and bounciness, that's not even part of the equation anymore. It's basically like, do you want to come help this movie out because it's failing? And then do you want to argue about the controversies of this movie online? And that's not as enticing as Big Fun Musical. And like we've always said, tweets aren't ticks. So the people who are tweeting about this a lot of them didn't even see the film and they don't need to. So right. this movie is generating more tweets than ticks at this yes. point. Yes. God, that is the that is the equation you do not want if you put out a movie. You do not want more more tweets than ticks. No. That's that's death. So I mean, in the heights, I'm kind of at a point where I don't want to talk about this anymore. Yeah, it well, we shouldn't. It it's a, it's a box yeah. office failure and we're a box office podcast, so there's nothing really to talk about. I mean, so let's. Yeah. Well, if, do you have anything else on In the Heights? No, or no, In no. the Shitters? Okay, so we're done with In the Shitters in case, unless you know, something else big happens within the next few weeks. But I mean, at this point, it seems like it's just going to keep fading down the list, and eventually, I mean, soon it might not be available anywhere because it might be out of theaters, and then. Warner Brothers takes it off of HBO Max in a couple of weeks. Because remember, these these day-and-date Warner Brothers movies come off of HBO Max after 30 days. Yeah. And, so, and, and just a little, I mean, I know we want to get off this, but yeah, looking at theater counts, mm-hmm. it the only film that has more, it's that is in more theaters right now than In the Heights is A Quiet Place Part 2. Mm-hmm. Everything else above it is in more theaters. I mean, yeah. I'm sorry, in less theaters. And so The I, Heights is just doing awful, awful, awful business. I think that this is now going to be the week when that theater count just falls off a cliff. You know, you've got, and which, of course, we're going to spend a lot of time on predicting the opening weekend of F9 later. But you've got F9 opening this weekend We've now seen that In the Heights' hold is non-existent. And so my guess is, you know, right now In the Heights has 3,500 theaters. God, that could fall to 2,000 possibly Mm -hmm. next week. I mean, I I don't know how quickly they could pull that out, but uh, I think that the thing to watch is going to be, is In the Heights still in theaters? After it has been taken off of HBO. I mean, I think it will be because there's just there is still very little product as much as, you know, everything. These new movies are coming out. I think it will still hang around. But right. Wrath of Man is still in 700 theaters. So, yeah. And the Heights will be around. 
Well, let's get off in the heights let's, and let's get on it. to the hitman's wife's bodyguard. Yeah, well, is, this was this was the number one movie. It also is, you know, we're not a movie review podcast, but this was a the Bo Boys go to the theater situation. We saw this together. Well, and this is a milestone for me. This was my first movie back at a wow. movie theater since last March. I mean, I know you got it. You got it. You got to clap for Bo Boy Clayton. He's back in the theater. We went and to the Nighthawk. It was a lovely, lovely, lovely situation. We didn't mm-hmm. get pasta dinners. No, no pasta dinners. I mean, there's, you know, there's a lot of people or four pasta dinners. And there's a lot of people who have issues with pasta dinners. But we didn't get a pasta dinner at the Nighthawk this time. Mm-hmm. But this film did kind of what we thought it was going to do. I mean, mm-hmm. did we, I don't think either of us went over 20 for the five day. No, we, we both, we both said we were a little higher on this movie than it came in because I think we both thought it had a chance of hitting 15 for the three day and possibly 20 for the five day. And it came in at 11 and 16.7. So we we were a little high, but we, you know, we, we were, we were a little squeamish about those numbers anyway. Um, I mean, I think one huge positive is that this was your first movie back and it opened up at number one yes so so even if the numbers were a little lower than what was hoped for you still started with a number one movie which I is big a for you yeah i backed a winner yeah i mean there's not really much to say about this movie it's got some fun performances from some fun stars i mean it's it's a ryan reynolds sam jackson two-hander but it's yeah it's more like a three-hander i mean selma hayek is basically in this movie as much as either ryan reynolds or sam jackson Mm -hmm. um it is you know it's a strange movie neither of us had ever seen the hitman's bodyguard no. So we can't say if it was better or worse. I will say that I'm interested now to see that first movie because the 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 tone of this movie is a lot stranger than I was expecting. It is yes, it it's is all over the place. It's all over the place. It's pretty vulgar. It's pretty meta in parts. Mean spirited pretty mean-spirited but then also pretty light and fun and heartfelt yeah it's a heartfelt mean-spirited vulgarity that's sort of for families in a way it's an orgy of violence there's so much blood in this there's so much nonchalant murdering of people there is there is but in a way that you can't take the rats but you could take your teenagers, you know, like like this, uh, this could this is a family movie in the sense that it is like one of the hitman's wife's bodyguard is a family movie that is like one of the last movies the family sees together. You know what I mean? Like that that age where maybe like a teenager winds up at a movie with their parents so you're talking 15-year-old. 
Yeah, yeah. Free being able to drive. Yes, exactly. Where, where where you still end up strangely once in a while at a movie with your parents and maybe like a younger sibling who definitely shouldn't be there. Like the, the, and when I say family, I could see a a set of parents, a 15-year-old teenage son or daughter, and then like a 7-year-old sibling at the hitman's wife's bodyguard. And it's awkward, but they get through it. Well, also remember this was Father's Day weekend, so right, and there is a not to not to give anything away, but there is an element of father son relationships in this film, yes. which I think should have been more in the marketing. I don't, I, I feel like they should have marketed it a little bit more because they might have gotten more of the dads out. Yes, it's 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 a shame that 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 wasn't in the title somewhere because this movie could have also been called not to give away any plot, but the hitman's wife's bodyguard could have instead of entitled the hitman's bodyguards father. Right. He's a dad, oh, but or I guess dad. father is, is it formal? Is it father? Well, formal? it's good. It's a good father's day hook and That's they true. could have, and, and and the people, the, the wannabe o boys, wannabe o girls, wannabe o people, people who have seen the Hitman's Wife's Bodyguard this past weekend, they would agree this movie could have been called The Hitman's Bodyguard's Father. And it would have totally worked plot wise, and it would have been so much better of a hook for opening on Father's Day weekend. But here's the thing though, I do think that this was not initially supposed to be a Father's Day weekend movie, so that's no. probably why they didn't lead into it with the title. No, it was supposed to come out August of 2020. Yeah. But, let's be fair, from August of 2020 to June 2021, that's a lot of time to change posters and to change the title on IMDb. They could have made that change once they decided we're opening this on Father's Day weekend. It's 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 not unprecedented for movies to rebrand mm-hmm. to some extent. Yes, of course, live die repeat. Yep, and uh, Harley Quinn colon Birds of Prey absolutely happened. That, I think that, in the second weekend of its release. Yes, they changed it from. Uh, from weekend one to weekend two, they changed the title of the movie. Yeah. I mean, there's no sense of doing that now with this movie because Father's Day is a one and done holiday. Mm-hmm. You know, it's not like a week long event. It's not Mardi Gras. Well, nobody's As thinking m- about Father's Today. Nobody's thinking about Father's Today. If anything, we're the only two people thinking about Father's right now. Right. Well, no because it to pertains fathers, to this. But... No, no. Um, it pertains to this past weekend's box office. So yeah, there's no reason to change the title anymore, but I do think if this movie ever called the Hitman's Bodyguard's Father, it would have probably added a couple million on this Father's Day weekend. It would have got the dads out. Mhm. Though this is probably I you know, I don't know, you've had demo numbers the last few weeks. I don't know if you have any demo numbers for this, but this is probably a movie that played pretty well with dads, but of course it could have played better with dads if if father or dad was a word in the title. Mm-hmm. Um, it's got dad 
some dadnip elements. It's got big guns. It's got an older star in Sam Jackson who's still kicking ass. It's got Selma Hayek who, you know, dads have been ogling for for going on 20 plus years at this point. What do you think this movie means for Ryan Reynolds as a star, if anything? I don't think it means much. I mean, he's got Free Guy coming up, which I feel like is his is his big test. Yeah. Because that's a big, expensive movie that's been on the shelf for a while. I mean, and speaking of which, if you want to know how we think this that movie's going to open, go check out our Substack because we did a trailer tracking yes article about free guys i believe it's his the third trailer yes and there may be a trailer before the release of the film which could change what we think it will open at but i would say go there check out the trailer tracking for free guy to see what we think about that movie yeah go to go to the boboys.substack Dot com check out trailer tracking for free guy also a brand new trailer tracking just went up today for the upcoming gi joe snake eyes movie so snake eyes of... or aka snake eyes gi joe origins wow yes. wow interesting so that that's all up on the Substack. but yeah free guy is definitely a bigger movie than hitman's wife's bodyguard though I mean, I think the way this is opened, what it might do is this movie might not make enough to keep this quote unquote franchise going. And I'm Mm -hmm. sure Ryan Reynolds wanted this to be a side franchise to Deadpool. You know, these aren't huge, costly movies, these Hitman's Bodyguards movies. But I'm sure he wanted this to be a franchise that he could put out every couple of years. And I don't know if this is going to end up grossing enough to justify a third movie. No, I don't think it does. Um, Real quick, you wanted some demos. 56% guys. Okay. 60% over 25. Okay, so that's some dads. This is clearly... So that's some dads. Yeah. Yeah, this is this is some dads, um, which is was also that's interesting because, you know, we've seen shockingly or unshockingly that since the pandemic box office recovery has gone underway, it's been heavily skewed towards women at the box office. Yes. And this, though, is clearly this is dad nip. Hitman's bodyguard movies are dad nip. And so the diversity mix, 43% Caucasian, 30% Latinx, 14% Black, and 13% Asian. Okay. So not not really over-indexing in a particularly diverse way. No, no. Yeah, this is a lot of, a lot of, a lot of dads from the stacks and a lot of Earth Dog dads, I would say. Mm-hmm. Um, but, but again, like, I think Ryan Reynolds has done enough during the pandemic to be beloved online. Mm-hmm. He hasn't had any real scandals. His films 
ha- he's had some success recently because I think it's very easy to paint him with that pre Deadpool brush. And he has as a not failed had, movie star. Yeah, he hasn't had any f- huge failures, the likes of R.I.P.D. or right. Green Lantern, in a very long time. His post-Deadpool career has been pretty good, and the Hitman's Bodyguard was a nice sleeper hit. I mean, right. $21.3 million opening, and then it went to seventy-five point four domestic. Right. And you know what? This one thirty million dollar production cost. So this and it did a hundred worldwide. So Yeah, this this movie, Hitman's Wife's Bodyguard, which would have been Hitman's Bodyguard's father, mm-hmm. it it's not going to be a big, big hit, but it did at least open number one, which as a star is always pretty important to even in a movie that ends up not being a hit you still want it to open one because that's a big test of your star power is that you're at least the most important thing that happened that weekend so this is a good sign for him i do think though when we get to free guy later in the summer if free guy is a huge bomb i think that's a stain on ryan reynolds in a way that this movie whatever it does really isn't but i I do think free guy if that tanks that 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 puts him in that category of like all he's got is deadpool Mm -hmm. so i don't think we're there yet with this as far as for sam jackson sam hayek i think it's just keeps keeps things going they were very good in this movie they 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 looked great they were fun they'll get more big paychecks coming out of this movie. Absolutely. Now, do you see anything else in this top five that we need to talk about? I feel like all these other movies we've talked to death. Right. I mean, Cruella at number five, having such an incredibly small drop, 28%, it's up to $64.5 million total domestic. I mean... It'll be interesting to see where this is in a couple of weeks because this is now looking like a movie that could get to 75. It'll probably get to 70, has a shot at 75 domestic. And, you know, if this, if we find out that this movie has made 30 to 40 million dollars on Disney Plus Premier Access PBOD, then you're looking at a movie that's made over a hundred million dollars domestic total. Mm-hmm. And, and basically what I'm saying is it, I would say Cruella is performing pretty well. It's holding well. It's going to get to the seventies and hopefully we find out the numbers of what it made on PVOD, which we, we know it made like around 20 to $22 million just that first weekend on PVOD. So it's you possible would figure that, it's in the 30s. It's it's possible that this film, if not this weekend, mm-hmm. but next weekend, will have all in with the premiere access plus theatrical made over 100. Yeah. Yeah. But again, I mean, we don't have... I mean, Samba.com is not necessarily a... Uh, I'm not going to call them reputable yet. It's Samba.tv. Also, I'm so sorry. Samba.tv. They couldn't get a .com. That's, I mean, come on. But at least they didn't go to a .net. 
give him that. Very true. Yeah, but... I mean, I think I think Cruella overall is a good representation for Emma Stone's star power. I think this is a good run. Shows that that she's a star. I I would say that that movie is is looking like a solid success. Now, speaking of a hundred million dollars, yes, let's do it. let's do it. Godzilla versus Kong mm-hmm. finally got over the hump in its twelfth weekend. It is now at one hundred million dollars. Yep, one hundred million and one hundred thousand dollars domestic. So one hundred point one. Yep. Shall we? Shall we? Right now? Yeah, let's do it. This is for Kong, and it's also for Godzilla. Now, here's here's something that I will give the, the theatrical fanatics who are saying day and date is killing the theatrical box office. Mm-hmm. You know, if this was only in theaters, I'm sure it would have beat Quiet Place to a hundred million. Only sure. because it was so close. I mean, we're talking yeah. a million here, a million there. So I will give you that. That is the inch, but I will not give any more. Like people say, take you know, give an inch, they'll take a mile. Don't try to get a mile from me because no. I ain't giving you a mile. I'll give no. you an inch. Right, right. A mile is too much. But at the end of the day, the difference is A Quiet Place Part 2 came out when people were, a a large number of people were fully ready for the theatrical experience again. Mm -hmm. And it was an anticipated film where Godzilla vs. Kong was not as anticipated. It wasn't, and you know what? I'm not going to play alternate universe. Could Godzilla versus Kong have made a, a, a totally different number? It probably made what it was destined to make at least this year. Mm-hmm. But Godzilla versus Kong came out 12 weeks ago. So that movie came out, what, March, right? Mm-hmm. You know, it is interesting to think what Godzilla versus Kong could have opened to if it had opened in one of the last two weekends. See, you know, here's the thing. I could it have think... opened way bigger or no. basically made what it was going to make? The, the, it opened at the perfect time because it's it's a movie that people went to... It, 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 that This movie would have bombed if it came out with actual competition. Yeah. I mean, I think the first weekend probably would have been similar. Because people who want to see this movie, they went to it opening weekend. So this movie probably would have made its whatever it did, $45 million, even if it came out in June. I'm just playing devil's advocate. I'm just wondering if this maybe had a slightly bigger box office opening a few months later when you got more people vax and wax, more people ready to go to the theaters, all that. But... Uh, even I would say probably not. Godzilla versus Kong did what it was always supposed to do. So Pat, Pat, would you yes. say uh, the devil was making you do that? Yes, 
Yes. Be be advocate. Yeah. The devil was making me do that. So I guess the Conjuring subtitle is is pretty cool. Um, so let's let's, let's talk let's, Quiet Place. Yeah, let's talk Quiet Place Part Two. Mm-hmm. We said last episode because it was such a packed show. We have we have a packed show today too, so it's not like it's ever not packed. I don't know what we right. were thinking. Next we week did promise they're all packed. We did well. It's gonna be yeah densely packed. That's mm-hmm. F nine weekend. I mean that's gonna be nuts. So we said we were gonna divvy up the millions here. Okay. And I'm gonna go ahead and say we can round up to 125 because we're at 124.9. Yeah. By the time this episode comes out Tuesday, it's gonna be at that. It's gonna be at that and probably a little bit more. Right. So let's make it an even 125 and let's divvy up these millions. Really give credit to to where credit is due. Mm-hmm. Now, do you? I would say the bulk of this money needs to go to Jim from the Office. Sorry, I couldn't remember his name. It was so rude to call him his TV name. But uh, what is his name? Fuck John Krasinski. John yeah. Krasinski. Yes, you can't you can't TV name this guy. He's a movie director. So no more with his TV name. He is movie director John Krasinski. Yes, so he I think deserves the bulk of this. Now, exactly how much is the question? Well, hmm, this is this is where I might push back on giving the money to him as a director versus the bulk of this money going towards the gimmick itself whether we want to say it is the sound ghouls you know the 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 monsters in this movie or just the notion of of quiet itself i feel like the 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 quiet of it whether that's the monsters or just you know the quietness is the true draw here okay so so then that the question being who gets the credit for that how many how many people do you think could have pulled this this concept off because right that's the thing is i think a concept is one thing. Mm-hmm. Everybody's had a great concept for a script or right. thought they had a great concept for a script. Right. But to be able to execute it in a way that people want to see and to be right. able to find ways to make it happen. Now, a lot of people have had taken some umbrage with the internal logic of these movies. But at the end of the day, it's it's such a great gimmick. Right. And I don't think he did anything egregiously illogical or stupid no he did a great job directing these i guess what i'm throwing out there is is this a movie that had krasinski not come back and i guess the other tricky thing is if krasinski doesn't come back does his wife emily blunt come back well the third one's not going to be him so we'll see then right He's not directing the third one. I mean, as of now, who knows? I do think there was a point in time where he wasn't going to direct the second one, and then he directed it. But if 
if they had the exact same gimmick where you're too loud, monsters eat you, and they brought in someone else to direct it, does the audience care that much? I mean, Pat, I don't. I, at this point, it, 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 if and but if ifs and buts were candies and nuts, like right, right. I don't That's think true. this is the kind of conversation we should be having. Like, how much do you want to give the gimmick? I agree, the gimmick should be given some money, but it's it's hard to parse the person from the gimmick here. Right, right. I mean, I would say maybe if the gimmick has the a, a large amount of money, I still think Krasinski gets the bulk of what's left out of the talent pool here. Well, okay, you were the one who brought Krasinski up first. What, what do you suggest giving him? If you think he's the most important part of 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 the puzzle here. Well, I'd give him a good 50. 50 million to Krasinski. He's in the movie. He is in the movie, so that's big. Though, was he in the trailers for the movie? I don't believe so. So him being in it wasn't a draw. It was just purely he's back as a director. There was the assumption, though, from they did flashbacks in the trailer. So my assumption would have been that they would flash back to him. So you're giving him 50, and then, well, here's the thing. I mean, I think you're disrespecting. It's, I mean, I'm the one who who TV named him. I mean, I I could have said the guy from Leatherheads, and that would have been better. Right, right. But you're really disrespecting him right now. I don't, I don't get why. Like, how much I mean, would you give him? And, I mean, and who are you going to give the rest of this money to? Do you think the gimmick deserves a hundred million dollars? I think that Emily Blunt does deserve a lot of it because yeah, she's the sure. she's the she's the person that everyone loved. Coming out of the first one, there was a lot of buzz about she should have got an Oscar nomination. It was a big star performance. Well, didn't she win She's, a Golden Globe for it? I think she did. I think she may have won the Golden Globe um, for supporting actress for the first one. But she definitely was a huge uh, 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 fan favorite coming out of the first one. Everyone loved the performance, real movie star performance. She's the one who you knew was going to be the star coming into the second one. She was the 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 actor that was definitely being advertised for this. So I I mean, I kind of feel like amongst the two of them, she gets more than him. No way. That's she's this, freaking she's nuts. The one she's the, the she's direct, the one He's the, the director, dude. He directed she, it. And he he helped write the first. I mean, he shepherded both but, of these but, films. There's no way talking, that Emily Blunt deserves more. We're talking box office. We're talking box office, and box yeah. office is about faces on the poster. It's not about it's not about names in the credits. I mean, obviously there are directors, and maybe Krasinski is one of those now. But there are directors who are basically movie stars: Tarantino, M. Night Shyamalan. Those are movie star directors. Is, are you saying Krasinski is that, where he's basically, he's the star of his movies, not the actor on the poster? I think I think he's so linked to these movies in a way that even if he's not on the screen for a, a, a ton of time, he, he was the one going out and promoting this film. Like, even as 
a director. I mean, him and Emily Blunt would do stuff together because yeah. they're a couple, but he's a face of these films. I, I think you're not giving him enough credit for being the face of, you know, when when William Friedkin sent that text, I mean, sent that tweet, he responded to that tweet. Emily Blunt didn't respond to that okay. tweet. Tweets aren't ticks. Let's not go into tweets. From no, but William what I'm saying Friedkin. is that he is the and public face nice of these films next to her, and he also directed the film, and he also shepherded these projects. He deserves more money than but Emily she's Blunt the star. does. She's it, the star. It she's not a star, though. She's oh, barely is, a star. This, oh, this is this is out of control now. This I don't think this is out of control. Rails. And she didn't win a Golden Globe. That was erroneous. This has gone off the rails. We came to celebrate A Quiet Place 2 getting to 125. And it has somehow turned into you saying Emily Blunt is not a star. As we discuss a movie. Mary Poppins Returns. We're discussing a movie that she starred in making $125 million. The biggest movie post-pandemic that we've had yet i'm not saying that she shouldn't get a large sum of money but you're telling me that the person who directed this film has his name all over this project on all the posters goes on several talk shows plays stupid games with jimmy fallon she had to play those games too she had to play those games too emily she wouldn't be on those shows playing those games if he didn't create this project and cast her in it but that's any actor so so then you're saying that that any movie we've got to give the most amount of uh split of the box office to the writer and director no because otherwise he's just the so prominent with the, the he's just so prominent in the narrative of this film I, we got to start giving we got to start putting out numbers because we got so much more to talk about i mean i'm looking at i'm looking at a poster Will you just throw out a number for, for Emily Blunt this, then? Throw out a number for her. I think she should get 50. And then what does he get? I think he gets 40. That's fucking nuts. That's fucking nuts. If anything, it's 50-50. I'm looking at a poster for A Quiet Place Part 2. And it's a picture front and center, Emily Blunt. And then above her, what does it say? It says Emily Blunt. And then it says Killian Murphy. And then. So then Killian Murphy above, should get. And in then your above, logic, Killian and Murphy then above, should get more than Krasinski. And then above A Quiet Place Part 2, you know what it says? It doesn't say a film by John Krasinski. It says silence is not enough. It says a catchphrase. And then in cinemas. Soon. And that is your poster for A Quiet Place 2. There's not even a mention. Of John Krasinski. I think we're overestimating how much the public, the general movie going public, the Joe Lunchpails, the the, the Susie Sweathogs, you know, whatever, the, the, the common folk care about who directed these movies. Emily Blunt's the one on the cover, holding a baby. In a wasteland. Okay. So then Cillian Murphy then should get more than Krasinski, you're saying, too. Because... No, he shouldn't get more than Krasinski. Huh? 
He's a supporting actor. He's not the he's not the face of these movies. How do we okay, how do we get to some numbers here? To a place where we both could at the end of the shake hands and go our separate ways. I mean, I'm willing to do blunt fifty one, Krasinski forty nine. Okay. I would do that. So we can do that then. So that's a hundred. So now we have twenty five to go. What about the sound ghouls? Well, the sound ghouls are the concept, correct? The sound ghouls are the concept, yeah. So the question is, do we want to give anything else? I mean, Cillian Murphy doesn't get anything. No, Cillian Murphy doesn't get anything at all. Because that could be Willem Dafoe. Yes, yes. It could be Willem Dafoe. It could be Joe Pantoliano. I mean, it could it could be anybody. Joey Pants gets a little money, though. Yeah, he we'd would have, have to give him this. like we'd have to give him like half a half a mil or something. Yeah, he'd have to get his beak wet. Cillian Murphy, he's he doesn't need it. He doesn't I need mean, it. He doesn't want it. So then, this is pretty simple. Then, then twenty five to the sound ghouls because that's the concept. I mean, is there any thing else? Any anybody else that gets any money from this? I mean, I would say the daughter get some the actress who plays the daughter because she did also come out of the first movie as someone that people really liked so the daughter is Millicent Simmons and um she's a deaf actress starred in Quiet Place and Quiet Place 2 I would give her some I mean I might go 20 sound goals and Millicent Simmons gets five. Yeah. All right. I'm fine with that. Yeah. I don't think anyone else in this cast. Jaiman Hunsu is in this movie, but he's, you don't know he's in the movie until he's finally in it. He's not part of the advertising. So I don't think he gets any Cillian Murphy. Uh, he doesn't get any. Okay. Yeah, there's no other cast, and yeah, I mean, I'd be happy with fifty-one million for Emily Blunt, forty-nine million for John Krasinski, twenty million goes to the Sound Ghouls slash the concept, and then five million for Melissa Simmons. Great, perfect. So you're happy with that? I'm happy with it. I'm happy with that. I think that's fair. It was very contentious, though. It was, but I think we just had to get to a place where the most respect has to be paid to the movie star. True. And if and I Krasinski guess, you know, looking was at his, looking at his his track record, he's not exactly a leading man that brought in brought in Buffa Bobo until Quiet Place. Right, right, and and I do think if we had been splitting up the box office on the first movie. Things would have been different because Krasinski was also the co-lead in that first movie. So then you're bringing him in as a writer-director and a star. I think the thing with this movie is Emily Blunt is clearly the movie star of this movie. Mm-hmm. Um, 
I mean, listen, no matter what, this movie's a great success. It's holding really well. You know, you and, got and a lot it should of, be celebrated. It should be celebrated. It should be so. I mean, look at this drop. It only dropped 24% from last weekend. That's incredible. Incredible. Yeah, I mean, it's a smash. People want to see it. Yeah. Now, here's the thing. Mm-hmm. We talked about everything in the top five. A conspicuous absence from the top five, which was in the Heights. We covered that. Right. In the shooters, yep. Yeah. There's also something else that's missing. Okay. That a lot of people are saying could have made a whole lot of money if it went into theaters this weekend. And I'm talking about Pixar's Luca. Yep. Yep. Now, Pixar historically has opened a lot of films in the Father's Day weekend corridor. Mm -hmm. And they've been big hits. Mm -hmm. They... Pardon me. <coughs> Fucking it's raw feed. Keeping it in. Keeping it in, of course. Amplifying it. Pumping it up. Get them DBs up on mm-hmm. that cough. So they've been very successful on Father's Day weekend. And they decided to put this film exclusively on Disney Plus, not premium access. And we talked, uh, gosh, it's got to be months ago, about the Pixar people are not happy about this. They're not happy their movies are not in the theaters. Disney is saying that starting in 2022, Pixar is going to go back into theaters. They're not promising it, but they're saying, as of now, that's the plan. We'll see. Mm-hmm. I feel, I didn't. I haven't seen this movie. But according to a friend of the show, TBD, Okay. Her wanna be o baby, who we will not give the name of, no, because we want to protect their anonymity. Yep. We refer to the baby as Boss Baby. Mm-hmm. Boss Baby watched this film recently and was very into it. Interesting. Interesting. And it's getting decent reviews. People are saying it's mid tier Pixar. But when you look at these films that are out right now, I think a mid-tier Pixar film could definitely have gone to number one here. Yes. Yes. If Luca had been released theatrically, even as a a Disney Plus premiere access day and date, if it got the same style of release as Cruella, and they open Luca this past weekend, Father's Day. It for sure opens number one at the box office. It's so, at least a movie that hits twenty million dollars domestic opening weekend. For sure. I was sure. gonna say, is that is that your guess? It would it would make twenty. Yes, yes. It would it would just by default because it's a you know a big Disney cartoon for the rats it's cheese for the rats it would have made 20 for sure i mean you know i think we've mentioned this on the show before but my theory and i'm sure it's true is that disney is playing some kind of weird you know power trip game 
with Pixar, who they own. They own Pixar, but it is clear Disney is is doing this to keep Pixar in its place. It's it's almost devaluing its own asset. Mm-hmm. But but there's something going on here. The fact that they sent Onward out to the wolves last year at the start of the pandemic. Then... Oh no no no! Onward was Onward was came out before the pandemic hit. Remember it did. That. It did. It Remember did. That. It did. Is... But but it, it that whole release felt like it was a dump, like they were dumping that. But then the big one, of course, is they sent Soul to Disney Plus, and now what they're doing with Luca that they're just putting it on Disney Plus without having it go in any theaters, without having it go on Disney Plus PVOD, which they did for Mulan. Obviously, Cruella got a big theatrical and PVOD release. It's it's clear they're making Pixar seem to the public like it's now no better than High School Musical 4 or the zombies movies from Disney Channel that they put on Disney Plus they they're they're putting Pixar in a position where they are devalued. Mm-hmm. And and I I don't think it's an accident. No, it's some it's a power game. It's some weird power game, but it, they're definitely doing it where they they want to make it clear to everyone that Disney animation is number 1 and Pixar is now a second-rate brand. It's the thing with Pixar is that Pixar was cock of the walk, hot yep. shit. It kind of felt distanced from Disney because at the time yes. Disney was not looked at as a as a house of ideas anymore, right? It right. was it was kind of on its on on the outs until Bob Iger started buying up a bunch of IP. Right. right. And so I think there is a level of people in Disney that are humbling Pixar. Yes. They're intentionally trying to humble them. Yes. It's like the high school quarterback mm-hmm. who everybody wanted to date. Okay. And rejected you. Mm-hmm. And then later you get a chance to enact revenge because you become their boss. Yes. And you give them a shit jobs to do and yes. you you put them in positions that they would normally you know w- w- would be demeaning for them and it's yes. and it's all just because that person walked by you in the locker room or in the hallway and was hot shit yes that that is that is so dead on basically Disney, Pixar is now working at Disney's insurance agency, mm-hmm. you know, where Pixar used to be, like you said, the the high school star quarterback, and now they're working at the insurance agency, and Disney is having them stay late on the weekends, and instead of doing insurance, they have to clean the toilets. Clean the toilets, absolutely, yeah, yeah. And Pixar's like, why are you doing this to me? I still got something. And they're like, go clean the toilets. But also, here's the rub, though. That quarterback has lost its luster. That quarterback has gotten older. Hair is thinning. 
Mm-hmm. Belt is yeah, little paunch, little paunch, and the Adult arm isn't there anymore. Acne, possibly. I mean, dinosaurs. Mm, yeah, or the or the good dinosaur. The good yeah, dinosaur I mean, is basically the equivalent of Pixar getting adult acne. Yes. And and it's coincided with Disney. Like you said, at a point, Disney needed Pixar to prop up its animation because Pixar was pumping out the hits and Disney was pumping out Emperor's New Groove and stuff that wasn't really clicking. Mm-hmm. But pretty much since... Since Frozen, Disney Animation has, frankly, made better movies and bigger box office hits, save a Finding Dory and a couple of movies like that. Basically, save the Pixar franchise sequels. The Disney Animation Studio films like Moana, Frozen, Wreck-It Ralph have been bigger box office hits than the Pixar original movies. Absolutely. And if if Pixar is not going to be the slam doink hit maker anymore, Disney shouldn't have to pretend that they're still the high school quarterback. I mean, that is true. It is true. I just, there's, there's just a level of sadism. I feel like Mm -hmm. involved in this. Yeah, yeah, Disney is definitely getting their rocks off by throwing Luca straight into the the you know the 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 cesspool that is just free Disney content on Disney Plus. You know, just just putting it right next to uh, uh, an Alice in Wonderland Disney Channel TV show. Well, let's. I mean, I'm going to push back a little bit on that because. Of all the streamers, Disney, I mean, plus does have some of that junk, but it does have massive IPs and popular sure, like, sure. shows like Loki and all and, and WandaVision. Of and stuff. course. This, it's not Netflix. Netflix is a cesspool. Yeah, Netflix is a cesspool. You're right. But the fact that Pixar's brand new movies are just going straight to the streamer when Disney has shown for stuff like Cruella or for Raya or for Mulan. These movies are getting theatrical releases. They're getting PBOD releases. They're, they're clearly making a statement that Pixar is less than Pixar is no longer the high school quarterback. Pixar is cleaning our toilets. Yeah. At the insurance agency. Well, let's see if they're actually Disney's actually going to keep their word that Pixar goes back into theaters in in 2022. I wouldn't hold my breath. Now, no, I, th- I think there is a chance that the next Pixar movie debuts on Freeform, debuts on a Disney Channel, Disney Basic Access cable channel. There is a slight is Freeform chance. Disney. Freeform is Disney. Yes. Wow, they own everything, don't they? Yeah, yeah. Let's, so we'll let's, see. Let's stick with the rats for a quick sec because we got to talk about a move here. Okay, that's Big move. troubling, and I know you have you have a theory about this move. Mm-hmm. Hotel Transylvania Four, 
Transformania mm-hmm. is officially moving off of its summer date and going taking its talents to October 1st. Mm-hmm. The same weekend that Adam's Family 2 is opening. And MGM is saying they ain't moving. So you're going to have two animated horror-ish films coming out on the same weekend Mm -hmm. here. Now, two questions for you, Pat. Why did Hotel Transylvania 4 move from the summer? Okay. Well, And why is Adam's Family 2 not moving? I mean... October date. Adam's Family 2 may still move. Why would they move immediately? You know, especially the way things move around the schedule this year, they could hold out a little longer and see if Hotel Transylvania 4 ends up moving again. So they're playing chicken is what you're saying. Yeah, they're playing chicken. Okay. As far as why Hotel Transylvania 4 moved from July 23rd to October 1st, one of the theories that's out there, and our buddy Jeff Bach at, at Exhibitor Relations Co. threw out the theory that Sony, he says, Sony is obviously not impressed with Peter Rabbit 2 numbers. Like Peter Rabbit 2 opened last weekend, opened pretty low, and there is the theory out there that maybe this still isn't the best time to put out a kid's movie, especially a kid's movie that you're expecting to do Baffa Bobo. You know, Mm. these Hotel Transylvania movies, they open in the 40s. You know, these are movies that end up making 120 to 150 domestic. So these are big, big movies. They're not, you know, as much as this is a Tom and Jerry generation, these are bigger than a Tom and Jerry type property. They expect these movies to be huge. And I guess they saw the Peter Rabbit numbers and they're like, this still might not be the environment where a Hotel Transylvania movie could open in the 40s. So that's one theory. And it's a great theory. My theory is this. As we discussed in the summer movie preview, Adam Sandler is actually not the voice of the Count in this movie. They got a different voice actor and Sandler is not in this movie as of now. I know it. This is great. This is great. I think there is a chance and all the, the media and the influencers who are listening to this, feel free to run with this. I think there is a chance what's happening here is they're going to do some reshoots and they're going to get the Sandman in Hotel Transylvania 4. I, I, I think I think that is a possibility because it's an it's an animated movie. You could redo the voices. You know, this isn't as hard as cutting, you know, cutting a, a, a Spacey out of a, a movie where you have to actually refilm things. You know, yeah, it's not reshoots. It's just re-recording. You just, just overdub. You just yeah, yeah. Sandler just does a performance, uh, 
you know, looks the animation, does the voices, right. and replaces this schmo who's who who tried to replace him. And and especially in a movie like this where the person they brought in, the voice actor they brought in, was coming in to do a Sandler impression, or at least do an impression of what Sandler's voice sounded like in these movies. So I'm sure the timing and the mouth movements and the animation and all that kind of stuff will be pretty easy to redub with Sandler. So yeah, I think that is possibly what's happening here. Is I that think if it isn't happening, it should happen. And I think right. that's a brilliant idea to get this film. Listen, Adam's Family 2 ain't blinking now, but you you say in deadline like we see a news item in deadline a week from now saying mm-hmm. guess what sandler's back he's doing mm-hmm. the voice again Adam's family too is going to be on the move yes a hundred percent a hundred percent for sure so i think that i love this theory i and, and it's a, a theory right now but in the future it could be a fact that you just stated Yes, yes. And it could become a fact because it was a theory here first. Yeah, I think there's a high percentage that that's the case. Yeah. I mean, it could be both of these theories lead to a fact because Jeff at Exhibit Relations Co. saying that Sony was a little worried when they saw the Peter Rabbit 2 numbers. They may have been worried when they saw those numbers and that was the final push they needed to back up the money truck to the Sandman and tell the Sandman, listen, here's all this money. You come into the voice studio in your shorts, your Hawaiian shirt, and just do the voice for a couple of days. You were right. We were wrong. We need you. Peter well, Rabbit 2 is a disaster, and we need you, Sandman. We'll, we'll let you bounce a basketball the whole time. We'll just We'll just cut it out. Yep. We'll just cut around it. Yeah, that could be why they need all this extra time is they expect Sandler to be bouncing a basketball in the recording studio. And it's going to take these extra couple of months to EQ that bouncing sound out. Mm-hmm. But it's worth um, it. it. If Sandler it. does this film, mm-hmm. that adds $20 million to its 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 cume. Yes. Easy. 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 So I think I think that either that's why they did it or that will be the result of them pushing this back a few months is getting Sandman's voice in this movie where it should be. See, see, Pat, this is why we're the B.O. boys and this is why we do this podcast together, because as we got we got so argumentative during the during the divvying up the millions for a quiet place part two Mm -hmm. and it was very divisive and all that and and we we were of of two minds yes people were writing there this is the end of the bo boys headlines in the middle of listening to this they already they already had uh, uh, the obituary written for this show the uh you know pat's going one way clayton's going on a different channel they're going to be on uh, competing with each other in the same time slot. It's going to be a, a huge radio war. They, they already were writing that article 
as we were arguing about divvying up the millions for Quiet Place 2. But you got to hit backspace, you bastards, because Mm -hmm. as soon as you started saying you had a theory, Mm -hmm. I thought the same exact theory. I knew that's what we were going to say because that was the right thing to say. It's a genius theory. Yep. And, you know, like minds. Yep. That's all I'm going to say. Yep. So, so now, do we, we have like minds? It. Well, we got to get to it. And we know what we, we both know what we got to get to. And that is, do we have like minds when it comes to the projections for the opening weekend of F9? It's happening. It's it's coming out this Friday, June twenty fifth. So, right now I'm looking at Box Office Pro. Their three day range is between fifty and seventy. Mm-hmm. They are forecasting sixty two. Wow. And you know what? I might go under. Wow. Yeah. I mean, we have been, you know, we, we obviously try not to ever waste it in the hallway, mm-hmm. but we have been talking and texting a lot the last week or so about what we both feel is a a, a lack of true buzz and excitement for the opening weekend of F9, mm-hmm. at least compared to previous Fast and Furious movies, and even the buzz that we were feeling pre-pandemic for when F9 was supposed to open in April 2020. You know, like January and February 2020, there was some real buzz in the air for that movie that I, I mean, I, we've both been saying we don't really feel it right now. Well, I think there's an issue with the release rollout for this because it's Mm -hmm. come out in foreign markets already. Yeah. And the reviews have been bad. The, the where these movies thrive in the international Mm -hmm. box office, Mm -hmm. this movie has floundered. Now here's the issue. I understand there's places that are closed. Not all theaters are open. There's some countries that are really still being hit very hard by the pandemic. I'm not, saying that that's not a a thing. But this movie now feels like damaged goods already in a way that the other films haven't. Yeah. And I... See, my mind has been switched on all these things. All the things that I used to believe now where I was a big Vin defender. I I thought, Vin is the heart of this franchise. Vin can do it. Vin, 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 Vin. And now I'm taking the blinders off and I'm realizing Vin was stupid for pushing The Rock out. Okay. Because The Rock came in on Fast Five and reinvigorated this franchise. Now, Vin believed it was he who did it because the film before that one, he came back, there was a lot of buzz, and people were excited. And then he thought, oh, well, you know, it'd be cool. Let's just add this wrestler that wants to be a movie star. And then 
bring back a bunch of other people, which, you know, they brought back Ludacris, they brought back Tyrese for that fifth movie to make it this kind of uh, Avengers. Mm -hmm. And I think Vin got it twisted in his head that all of those people and himself were reasons and The Rock was the side reason when the honest truth was The Rock is really what reinvigorated this franchise. And also, Paul Walker is a genuine loss here. And I think his loss was definitely felt in the eighth one. And it's it's even more felt in this ninth one. So yeah, I, I mean, I'm, I'm looking that... at I'm looking at the box office history of this series, mm-hmm. and Fast and Furious, which is Fast and Furious Four. That's the one where Vin Diesel came back to the franchise after missing two and three. You can just call and that one ampersand. Ampersand. So. That movie opened at 70, and then Fast Five, which is the one that The Rock uh, first showed up in, opened at 86. So a big opening weekend jump there. Uh, Fast Five also made $55 million more domestically, and it made $300 million more internationally than the previous movie that The Rock was not in. So obviously, yeah, Fast Five is is the big step forward in this franchise. Yeah, I mean, losing the rock... I mean, the thing is, we don't know yet. You know, I feel like in some ways we're writing the... uh, Not the obituary, but we're we're writing the reasons why this failed before it even came out. Mm -hmm. So we don't want to do that. But obviously, you know, the thing about The Rock is giant social media platform guy could sell with the best of them not having him in this movie definitely takes away uh, uh someone who has a lot of reach to moviegoers he's not out there talking about this movie he's talking and, about in the heights yeah he's talking about in the heights which i mean that didn't help that but it's it, it's pretty it's pretty uh deafening the silence of not having The Rock plug this new Fast and Furious movie. But it's not just his absence. Mm-hmm. It's the fact that there's animosity there. Mm-hmm. That, I think, is damaging to Vin, too, because why would you take a fan base that is as strong as The Rock's and, and turn it against you? Right. Because th- there's going to be certain people who love Fast and Furious, but they feel an allegiance to Dwayne The Rock Johnson and are like, fuck Vin, he's being a dick to my boy. I'm not going to go see his film. Why would you do that? Why would you alienate the fan base of such a huge star? Right. Well, okay, here's the thing. We're talking a lot about, again, why this movie, why F9 has bombed. Uh, No, we're talking about reasons why it could. Why it could why why the buzz feels lower, yeah, um I think that there's something to also that when this movie was supposed to come out pre pandemic, there was a lot of buzz for the whole hashtag justice for Han Han coming back after they killed him off in in a previous movie and that felt like a big value add. You know, mm-hmm. I remember being at 
movies where the F9 trailer played and people were genuinely excited that Han was back. That felt like a selling point that even uh, uh, the fa- the 8th Fast and Furious movie didn't really have that big selling point. No. And that is an element that I think has really uh, uh, fallen by the wayside in this year-plus delay. Like, I don't feel any true buzz for that element anymore. To well, some degree, I yeah. kind of feel like like the audiences have almost forgotten that this is still the movie where he comes back. And it's almost like, oh yeah, he came back in that last movie already. Like Hans yes. just in these again. And they forget that, no, this is the movie that he returns in. It's just that it's been delayed for a year and a half. But this and you is the saw movie that trailer. You yeah, you saw that trailer like a year and a half ago. Right, right. And, and I think that is an element of this movie that could have been a huge buzz getter if there was no pandemic and this came out in April 2020. And I think now it's, it feels kind of meaningless. Well, and I'm also, I'm only going to touch lightly on this, but there, let's just say there are other hashtags that have trended since then. Sure. Sure. Justice for Han is not not the of the moment hashtag. It is not in the forefront of people's mind. Right. Justice for a fictional character. Right. And I think that it's... I think if you put that on your your socials, some, some of your friends will say, do you not have better hashtags to be hashtagging? So I think that, yeah, the Han thing is not really a big selling point. And I don't think anything else has really replaced it. I, I don't feel like they also have done a good job of making everyone feel like this F9 movie is the big thing everyone's been waiting for. Yeah, and you also, uh, it, God, we, I like, uh, yeah, I don't want to be burying this this movie, but you're also lo- lo- you also lost Statham. You lost Statham right. along with The Rock, and this and Statham is, as we have said, and we said when uh, his latest film came out, that he might be at his highest level of stardom right now. Right, Jason Statham. Right. He's coming off the Meg, coming off the the uh Hobbs and Shaw movie so he's a bigger star than he was when he joined the franchise and Wrath of Man did fine but but still I mean he's he opened a movie himself at number one so the guy is at the the apex of his career and he's also missing from this so yeah having said all that well we didn't even mention Cena your boy Cena yeah, he's had back. he's he's had his controversies of being saying something that came off anti-China, then having to apologize, and people don't like that, and that that's he's he's not uh, uh, he's not as effective right now at selling this movie as you would want him to be, especially when he's positioned as the replacement for The Rock. Yes. And, and I think Cena a year ago felt like a big, fresh 
element when this trailer was playing and maybe it's because of the 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 china and china apology mishap he doesn't feel like that fresh selling point right now i mean but, i think what we're getting at here is there's a sense of staleness to this film yeah where i had the assumption that there would be a built-up anticipation yes a la f uh, uh fast seven but fast seven of course you you can't replicate those circumstances and and nor would you want to right right the, the paul, death walker. Of paul walker yeah the paul walker death just it brought so much emotion to the fan base when when furious seven came out like if um, you had tyrese you know autoerotically asphyxiate himself and then they had to delay the film for a year i still don't think that you would i mean i, that I would don't be know big. If, that, that would be, be big. big, but it wouldn't be as big. So, and it didn't happen. So they 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 can't get a bump from that. Nor were they. It most definitely to. did not happen. Yeah, that was yeah. a. I was throwing out a hypothetical. So all all that said, this movie has not opened yet, and it is a Fast and Furious movie that is still, I would say, easily the biggest movie that will open at movie theaters since before the pandemic. Now you, you were talking to a friend of yours who mentioned that this, they had been waiting to go back to the theater to see this film. Now, do you think we're underestimating the amount of people who have stayed away and this, because you know, fast when the fast movies come out, they're usually the first movies of the summer season. Right, right. And is they... it a Pavlovian response that people are having where they're thinking, well, I'm, I'm not going to go back yet. The fast movie hasn't come out. So summer hasn't really started. There is something to that because these movies have been basically coming out since Fast Five in early to mid-April. Mm-hmm. and kicking off the summers in April. So yeah, there might be something where people are are basically saying the summer movie season doesn't start until this movie comes out. I don't know. I mean, I think it's time we got to predict what it's going to do this weekend. So Box Office Pro is setting there over under at 62 million for the opening weekend. You 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 mentioned that you might go under. We've had this long conversation basically about all the reasons why this movie doesn't feel as buzzy as it once did. So after that conversation, are you still under 62 million? I'm going to firmly say 60. Okay. Which is what Hobbs and Shaw opened to in August of 2019, Hobbs and Shaw's opening weekend was $60 million domestic on the head. So that is the point we are at where we, or at least you are predicting that a, a, a proper Fast and Furious movie with Vin Diesel and, and La Familia is going to open at the same number that Hobbs and Shaw, the spinoff, did. 
I mean, if you add up all of the people in the Fast and the Furious now, their drawing power probably equals Statham and The Rock. Maybe it's less than. And I know that the the Fast well, and Furious IP is a draw. That's the draw. Because, I mean, Vin Diesel, outside of these movies, is not a draw. Mm-mm. So he's not comparable to either The Rock or Statham in a normal action movie. He's only a draw. And, of course, he's a huge draw, but only a draw in these movies. And Michelle Rodriguez and, and Ludacris, and you, they honestly don't mean anything as, as movie stars outside of these movies. What are, what are you saying? What, where do you think it lands? I gotta go over 62. I, I still, in the end, feel like it's a Fast and Furious movie. Despite all that we said about reasons why people are not excited about this movie. I mean, I'm just, I'm again, looking at the opening weekends for the last batch of fast and furious movies. So part four opened to 70 part five, 86 part six went up to 97 furious seven, which of course was the, the, the Paul Walker, movie you know the one where paul walker had died before the movie came out that opened at 147 so that's a that's an outlier outlier. that's an outlier but then fate of the furious part eight 108 or 106 no it opened at 98 so a big drop off but still the second highest opening of the franchise you know so all of these movies from part four on the lowest opening was 70 and then they all open around 90 plus million. So I got to go that this opens at 70 million. Okay. But you won't go over 70. Uh, I mean, 70, 71. I, uh, let's say I think it definitely hits into the 70s. Okay. Listen, I hope it does. I hope I'm wrong. Right. I hope that I'm being a gloomy Gus about it. I'm hoping that... You know, I, we've said this before. You want to be right, but if a movie goes over your prediction, you're happy to be wrong. Yes. yes. I would love this film to blow 70 out of the water and go mm-hmm. to 80 and 85 because mm-hmm. I don't want to have to read all the articles about how theaters are dead yep. when this film doesn't make Baffa Bobo or make as much as they think it should make. Like the 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 regular media thinking that this should be a hundred million dollar movie when it's just not gonna be. I don't want to have to sit here next weekend or next week and just unravel all the myths that are going to surround this if this film underperforms. Yeah. And- so that that I'm not looking forward to, but it's our job. It's what we love, so we will do it. So I'm hoping that I'm wrong, but I just have a feeling in my gut that this is stale product right now, and well, I can't get over that. The 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 other thing is, I mean, I know we we've started going more towards the the idea that 
there's movie audiences and there's streaming audiences and the day and date streaming doesn't really affect the box office, you know, more in that direction. But this movie is purely theatrical. There is no streaming service that you can watch it on. There's no PVOD element. The only way to see this is in theaters. And, you know, listen, we're seeing it with Quiet Place 2. That's the biggest hit we've had post-pandemic, and that movie's only in theaters. So there is the advantage for this movie, box office-wise, that anyone who wants to see it, the only way they could see it is in a movie theater. Yeah. I mean, it's going to be interesting. I, I Man, it's going to be... It's going to be a wild episode next week, uh, that's for sure. Oh, And bananas. this weekend, just watching these numbers, I'm just going to have a, I'm just going to have a knot in my stomach on, on, on Friday, all I, day, waiting for those Thursday night previews. I think that by Saturday, when the real numbers start coming in, we're all going to feel pretty good. Because I do think this movie is going to get itself into the 70s and possibly higher. I, despite everything we said about why there's a, a, a lack of buzz about it, in the end, it's a Fast and Furious movie. Vin's in it. La Familia's in it. Drinking Coronas. There is also the, the hook of this is the one where they sort of maybe go to space. Mm-hmm. You know, they tease that in the trailer. We might be underestimating how many people are psyched for them to drive cars into outer space. And in a lot of in a lot of the things we were mentioning were very tweet heavy. Right. And again, right. ticks tweets aren't ticks, so right. it goes both ways. Right. The scene of China controversy is that's tweets, not ticks. It's tweets, not ticks. In the end, he's a super popular pro wrestler with a lot of Instagram followers. He's going to get people to the movie theater. Yeah, and it matters very little domestically as opposed to internationally. Right, right, right. So, oh, wow, it's going to be a huge episode next weekend when we, we go over these numbers for F9's opening. It's going to be gigantic. Well, if you so, man, we we definitely did it. If if you as a listener, as a wanna be a boy, wanna be a girl, wanna be wanna be a person. Person. If you know you want to have something to take your mind off of whether or not F9 is gonna do Bafa Bobo or if it's gonna underperform, I would say go to our Substack. Mm-hmm. There's plenty of articles out there right now on there there's still my very heartfelt most personal thing i've ever written about movie pass it's on there we've got a bunch of trailer tracking articles we're probably going to do more there's going to be more stuff after you after you've read everything there will be more more to read there's always and more to read this week. I'm going to try and do one more, uh, at least one more article this week before mm-hmm. F9 comes out. So keep an eye on that. But subscribe to our Substack. What's our Substack address, Pat? It is the boboys.substack.com. So subscribe, 
get that straight to your mailbox. It's so easy. Yep. And, and of course, email us. Yeah. At the Bo Boys Podcast at gmail.com. Let us know what you think the opening weekend for F9 is going to be. Is there secret buzz that we're just not aware of? And actually, the country is just going to go bananas this weekend when this movie comes out. You know, if you're seeing secret buzz, if you're if you're uh, aware of big F9, you know, viewing parties that are about to happen, you're seeing Coronas just fly off the shelves at your local uh, uh, supermarkets. Let us know. I mean, that's the thing. Maybe that's something to look into this week is Corona sales. Because if Corona sales are up, I do think that's a good sign for F9. It means people I, I are getting I, ready. It means Corona's people are getting ready. such a hot word, right? I mean, it's such a weird word to, you know, I don't know how They're taking sales... it back. Well, well, we'll talk about next week. Did Vin and the F9 franchise, did they take it back, take back the word Corona from what it had meant the last year, back to its happier connotation of drinking Coronas with La Familia while watching or being in a Fast and Furious movie. Well, that's one of those things. That's one of those things to track. One of those things that most box office analysts don't think to track. Yeah. So a lot next week. It's going to be a huge episode, but I, I do think we have done it all this week. We've definitely done it, Pat. Uh, So there's nothing left to say, but until next time, we'll We'll smell you at the... the...